1: Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James. I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of a nonprofit called Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find all of our information at ElfEmpowers.org, and you can find the link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Sirico Boudirin. Sirico is a spiritual healer. Welcome, Sirico. Hello, Mara. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's a pleasure to be here with you, and especially because I was having a session with you maybe a year or two ago. Timing uh, is always off with me, and um, you were the one that initially told me that it was time for me to start a podcast, so it's so exciting to actually have you here as a guest today. Oh, it's
2: a great blessing and honor for me, too, and I remember that day really well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, Sirico, can you tell our friends watching and listening, um, as a spiritual healer, were you always spiritual? No, there, it was a time when I,
2: I started as a kid. I was very spiritual, going to church regularly. And then uh, probably in my late teens, I kind of fell out of it in my 20s. And I came back to revisit that part of my life in my late uh, 20s.
1: And what brought you back in your late 20s to uh, yeah. your spirituality? It was a big
2: tragedy in my life. My dad almost passed away. It was in a coma for many days i think over 30 days and i started praying and that prayer led me to where i am now
1: wow so you realized your gifts around 19 20 years old um i had
2: a lot of uh experiences as a child and as a teen as well but uh, definitely i became more aware of them when i started praying
1: so tell us when you say these gifts what do you mean by them
2: Yeah, one of the gifts is feeling, so I can feel people's emotions, where they're at, uh, if they're having some tragedies, if they're feeling really happy, if they have a good relationship with God, I I feel all of that. Uh, Other times, too, if they're, uh, let's say, depressed, I can feel those emotions as well.
1: Wow. And so then you use this term God, which was um, everyone has a different definition. Um, Does it matter what religion somebody is? and, you know, if somebody doesn't believe in God or if they believe a more universal, um, do you feel things differently with different people?
2: Well, I'm a practicing Christian, and I always encourage people to find a personal relationship with God, to pray every day. That's something that's very important, I think, for everyone, 10, 15 minutes of prayer and have an intimate relationship with God.
1: Love that. And I, I love to say that when we speak, when we pray, we speak God. When we meditate, we hear from God. Yes. So. When your dad was in the coma, and it was a really scary time for you, and you were meditating, uh, I mean, when you were praying, um, how did that prayer, when you're speaking to God, did you actually hear back, and how did that really transition um, your emotions?
2: Yeah, uh, the, the first thing I noticed that first time when I prayed after seeing him uh, in the critical care carrier was I felt an overwhelming sense of peace come over me, and I never had that peace in my life before. And then at some point, probably within the second or third week of praying, I realized, okay, it's going to work out. He's going to be all right one day.
1: Wow. And if this is just like an intuitive a thought or idea in your head that you had? It was more of a
2: feeling rather than an external or internal voice, but I definitely felt peace. And so the peace was kind of leading me that everything was going to be okay.
1: Mm. Just when you say that, I take like a beautiful breath of air. <laughs>
2: Me too.
1: <laughs> wow. And so what um, jobs did you have um, uh, throughout your life and before you embraced your uh, healing gifts?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, let's see. Out of high school, I was working uh, at the Bank of America as a teller. And then uh, after graduating from college, I started doing a little bit of substitute teaching. Then I got into import-export. So, importing and exporting of furniture from Asia. Um, okay. Yeah, I got into real estate and I moved to Croatia for many years and over there I opened up some hostels and then that led to a couple of spiritual centers and Mm. more more real estate. So it was a combination of many things.
1: Beautiful, and when you said, so before you said that you could feel people's emotions, do you have to tap into it or is it every time you're speaking to somebody it's right there? Oh, that's a wonderful
2: question, yeah. So it's kind of, uh, for me, uh, everyone's gifts are, come from God. And so if you take the time to really pray and meditate and ask God to turn your gifts on, so you go from a very low level, kind of like
1: warming up as a professional athlete
2: before a game or something. And it's the same thing for spiritual healing.
1: Okay. Wow. So is there, can you ever feel someone else's emotions if they don't, if they don't give you permission to do it, but you're given, like, are you ever given permission from God to actually help them if they might not be open to it?
2: Part of, uh, I guess, doing the spiritual healing is you're always of service to everyone. And whenever you have an opportunity, you try to be of service and help whoever's in need in any way that, that you can. And sometimes it'd be something like offering someone help or offering a hand or some advice. Or other times it could be a healing or it could be a hug or it could be, you know, something a little bit more of prayer even. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm always focused on what that person that's in front of me needs the most according to what God shares with me.
1: Okay. And at what point did you switch over to becoming a full-time spiritual healer?
2: Yeah, that was probably about uh, 20 years ago, I'd say now, yeah. So, in what, our, yeah, 2003,
1: three, four. Nice. And what, was, um, what made you finally decide? I'm sure God guided you there, but yeah, what was the deciding yeah. factor?
2: It just felt like this deep calling within my heart just to be of service and uh, to help more people heal as well.
1: Right. That's so beautiful. And so what does that look like, your healing practice? The practice?
2: Well, uh, in terms of the individual healings, always starts the first thing. And and the most important thing is a person loving and forgiving themselves. Mm. Through that forgiveness of themselves, then comes the next one is forgiving other people that hurt them. And that opens up then the door to start having that loving foundation with God, too, because most people feel a little distant from God when they're still carrying that, you know, hurt or pain.
1: Yeah. What about, like, I know through my forgiveness journey, um, you know, of course, most of us don't realize that we have, we get to, I have to forgive ourselves. But for me, the last, the, um, the last straw was actually forgiving God, not realizing that I resented him for some of the um, trauma I went through when I was younger.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's a good point that you make that a lot of people upon that forgiving of selves and forgiving others were able to get into that next step, which is coming into a loving relationship with God, having that communion. You know, those are big steps.
1: Do you think it's possible to have a relationship with God when we don't forgive ourselves or others? Well, I always look
2: at it the same way. Like God is right above us shining a big light and we just have to kind of look up and say, Oh, there's God. <laughs>
1: Okay, so regardless of what kind of resentments we're holding on to in our heart, we're still able to connect?
2: We're still able to connect, but then there's a process of getting closer, for sure.
1: And that process, does that involve um, praying more versus releasing and healing the heart more?
2: Uh, It's definitely prayer. Every morning, I always share with everyone, take 10, 15 minutes and just share with God what's going on. Just say, good morning, my name is so and so and just have a comfort conversation with God you know share with God your heartaches your triumphs your challenges and then you know be silent for five minutes and just listen to what your body is telling you listen to what you're feeling and mm-hmm. then just give thanks for everything as well and that 10 or 15 minutes really starts that relationship going
1: beautiful yeah. um, and are there particular types of clients that you've been working with
2: I've worked with every faith, every denomination, every background, every socioeconomic background. So, no, no limitations. There.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Um, and the, and the, not only the background, but the different types of issues. Do you work with a whole variety of different issues?
2: Uh, oh, yeah, Spiritual issues, emotional, mental, physical sometimes, too. Mostly emotional and uh, spiritual, though.
1: Right. Okay. I know when my um when my middle child was sixteen years old, and there was just a darkness that took over him. And luckily, I knew you back then, about seven years ago, eight years ago. And um, I just felt like there was a darkness that took over, and I was horrified that he was going to literally pick up a gun and shoot me himself or something even bigger. And I asked you if you would work on him through me, using my me as a surrogate, without him even knowing. Um, do you remember that? Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do that for a lot of clients uh, where the uh, usually a family member or friend will be as a surrogate. And then, uh, why does that, you know, God allow that? Because God always wants us to receive the healing, especially for ourselves and those that we love, those that we're looking for the healing or that are in need of the healing. And so during that time, you become kind of the, the patient, but I'm actually working with God's blessing, working through you for your son.
1: Right. And it doesn't matter how old the child is, or if it's a a sibling or, um, you know, a spouse. Like if someone needs help with their, you know, the other person, do you have permission to do that? Um, It's not so much that
2: I have, but God always allows it because God always wants the love and the healing to come through.
1: Right, right, right. Because when I was telling my older son what I was going to do for my middle one, he's like, is that allowed? And you don't have his permission. I'm like, I'm coming from pure love and light. I just want to help him. He was suffering, yeah. um, you know, but it was, you know, it made me think for a second, am I stepping over any boundaries? You know, people have their own journeys. So when someone has a journey and there's this darkness that takes over, is that yeah. supposed to be part of the pro- you know, process? Yeah. Um, <laughs> In uh, those you know,
2: like certain situations, obviously, our intention is always we want to intervene out of love. And so, God always wants us to do the right thing for, uh, for ourselves and for those that we love.
1: Right. Well, so many people. So, have you worked with a lot of clients that are suffering that, like a suicidal?
2: I've had a lot of, so yeah, not only those that are, are having suicidal thoughts and tendencies, but also those family members that suffered a, a loss of a family member as a result of a suicide.
1: Mm. oh so you'd work with the family if the person right yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and afterwards obviously yeah, they contacted me afterwards
1: yeah. right sure but for the ones that um were suicidal um can you share yeah. with like what kind like what that session would look like and what um how you're really able to help them um
2: yeah i can go into detail yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, so that, yeah the, that was know, kind of like too dark <laughs> yeah no no i, I won't i want to let it get so, you know, in the Bible, and a lot of different spiritual books, it always talks about, you know, uh, two sides. It's like a team of light and a team of dark. And so many times, uh, especially in the Bible, it talks about spirits taking over a person. And a lot of times when that spirit takes over, it's able to communicate with the person either subconscious or consciously. And that's where they start developing that, those kind of thoughts about, oh, life doesn't mean anything. I don't believe in love. No one loves me. And it's not because they themselves believe, it, but rather that dark force that's communicating to them
1: that makes sense and you're just made me think of something i'm kind of like you know you have a coin like half heads and tails so uh-huh. with this like light and darkness do you think that the world is half light and half dark or is i'm hoping that oh, there's more yeah.
2: light? no no it's it's definitely more light but at the same time we have free will to experience it based upon our choices and so sometimes we have to go through those moments of a little bit of darkness to see the light to, be, Absolutely. to become, yeah, become very clear and bright for
1: us, right? I always say that you know, the bigger the, the down break down, the bigger the breakthrough, and God willing, that to break through. Yes. Um, are there ways so are there things that people do that, um, you know, like how do these dark um forces or whatever you want to call it kind of you know, um, attack or attach to people? Um, mm-hmm. how do we clear ourselves? How do we prevent it from happening?
2: Oh, yeah. The most important thing is being loving, you know, having a love inside for yourself. The second one, obviously, well, I should say the first one is always having a loving relationship with God. The second one is loving thyself and loving everyone else, too. So when we look at everyone, we can't see they're negative. We have to see that there are either brother or sister or mother or father or friend, but someone that deserves to be loved as well. And once we get into that space, then a lot of those false beliefs start to kind of fall away. Once we're really able to connect with everyone on a loving level.
1: So in your opinion, because I know for me, for the first 48 years, I had zero relationship, zero concept of God. And then I have this rude and beautiful awakening. Of course, I'm diagnosed with mental health, you know, bipolar disorder. And to me, I'm like, yeah, bipolar, two polarities, heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized there, was, there were things, I need medication, there were things that I, I didn't need to heal. But do you think somebody can be really, truly happy and mentally healthy without a relationship with God?
2: You know, it's a tough question for me. I've, I I believe it's possible for some certain people. But then I have to pose the question, would they be even happier with that relationship? And then I have to say, yes, they would, you know. But, I've, I, you know, I've met some people that are very devoted to uh, serving humanity, you know, working, you know, food kitchens, being of service to the homeless, and, and they, uh, the level of joy and compassion in our hearts is incredible.
1: Oh, I always, yeah, taking care of others. I just think we should be teaching this in school, right? Because it just makes you realize there are other people that are worse off, and when you give, you actually receive back.
2: Yeah, yeah. and. And, yeah. and when I see them, I get deeply touched by their level of, you know, commitment to humanity.
1: Yeah, if everyone could be like that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So talk to us like how mental health is affected by, um, I guess, if we say the word energies, if that's a good terminology to use.
2: Yeah, so, you know, the, there's a spiritual element which affects the e- energy element, right? The, the spiritual touches the energy. And a lot of times... Uh, It happens on a physical level too, so a lot of times somebody might have a sore back, a sore neck, really chronic headaches, and it's starting in that spiritual place, affecting that energy place, which then goes into the physical.
1: Can you give an example of that, please? Um, Yeah,
2: so for example, those dark energies, once they uh, are in your space or on your body, they'll start to create like a little hole in your aura start putting pressure there or focusing a lot of negative energy in one spot wherever you're the weakest mm. and little by little their goal is to cause more pain more hurt and mm. to take advantage of you on a deeper level
1: mm. well, that's so sad yeah. um, it's funny i'm remembering uh, a little over a year ago when we were told that we had need to move out of our other house And I found this house that I fell in love with, but I became so nervous and anxious that we weren't going to get it. And I remember I was going to sleep that night and my heart was beating so fast. It was not even, I wasn't nervous. It was just, I felt like something you know, happened. I could barely sleep that night. I was having all these racing thoughts. And then thank God the next morning you were available for a 10 o'clock session and clearing. And I think that you shared with me, like when we have like, um lower vibrating energies like if we're in fear anger sadness resentment sure. what what like there's an um an opening in our or is that how you describe it well it's kind of
2: let's say like this if i'm speaking to you negatively the whole day or even introducing some negative topic because it could be something like about a scary movie or, or i'm using the wrong language to, or towards you or i'm calling you a bad name that natural defense we have when we step out of our love and the faith and uh, we start to then become a little weak, a little vulnerable. And during that phase of vulnerability is when we become vulnerable for the spiritual world too.
1: Mm. So I have a friend um, and she works with somebody who's pretty toxic. They have some mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. And What advice would you give to uh, my friend every day who's sitting right near this other woman that it's really, t- you know, and it's hard for her to, um, love her unconditionally you know because it's really yeah Yeah.
2: so the the first thing would be just to have the relationship with god to pray every day and also to pray for that person you know whatever they're going through their challenges uh the other one is they have to forgive they have to forgive that person and then that kind of breaks that chain within that relationship of why they're suffering as well as why the other they allow the other person to be so mean you know oh the third if they can find enough love and compassion in their hearts to say, hey, I love you, I want to help you, I want to be your friend or whatever it is that that person needs, then that creates that next step of healing for both of them.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting because I noticed that for my clients, whenever um, somebody has an issue with somebody, I'm like, okay, what's it reflecting in the past? And I know for my friend, she had a relative that had mental health challenges. And I think because she hasn't forgiven either that person or that situation, she's manifesting this scenario. And it's going to keep happening until you go back to the initial trauma and forgive that.
2: Oh, yeah, sometimes it could be trauma from childhood or teen years, or they get reminded of something or something triggers them. And that part of prayer, which I mentioned, is uh, that opportunity to really forgive that person mm-hmm. and themselves.
1: Yeah. Oof. yeah. <laughs> the You so to it all and the hardest thing to do. Well,
2: yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge, but it, it's definitely available for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, It really starts the miracles to flow.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I've seen that. It's just, you know, I've been on a, I I finally forgiven after seven years, but it's been quite the journey. And um, if anybody ever thinks, you know, it's easy. And I always, you know, there's that saying forgiveness is on a conscious level, resentment on a spiritual level and to really dig deep to all the different levels and layers Mm -hmm. and forgive like, as you said, the three, right. That yourself and the other person and God for allowing quote unquote, that situation to happen.
2: Uh, I have a short story to uh, share, which was probably about like 20 years ago. I asked God, I go, dear God, let me take on all that pain that I caused before when I was, you know, wild in in my youth. And then uh, sure enough, you know, God gave me all that pain that I caused everyone else. And oh, it felt horrible. Oof. Well, you probably got
0: really
1: sick from that, huh? Well, it wasn't so much sick,
2: but it's definitely, let's say. Well, a lot on your shoulders to carry all at one time. But what I realized through that uh, experience and thankfully to God was that, uh, you know, we we all do it to one degree or another. And so by uh, allowing God to help us by asking for that forgiveness, we let go and we help those other people that we really love.
1: That's so beautiful. We're going to take a really brief break and we're going to come back and we're going to hear some of your favorite client stories. Everybody hold on. We'll be right back.
2: Thank you so much.
0: In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast, and if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your
1: host, Mara James, and today our guest is Siriko Buterin. Thank you, Mara. Welcome back. So, um, we're really excited to hear some stories that you've had with um, some of your clients and if you've noticed or, yeah, clients, and if you've noticed any um, similarities in different types of uh, sessions that you were experiencing.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, there's always a lot of parallels and definitely a lot of similarities. Uh, recently, I've had a lot of clients, uh, women of different ages, you know, 20s, 30s, even 40s, um, that always calling me up and asking for help that, you know, they, they want to get married or they don't feel like the boyfriend that they're with is ready to get married or they're having these challenges. And usually it's uh, for those reasons that we mentioned earlier is that they're holding on to some anger from past boyfriends, past relationships, sometimes issues with mother and father, and even childhood when they, maybe they got rejected as a child by uh, the in first grade from a boy in class. And then these little, you know, let's say little bumps in, along the road becomes bigger and bigger mounds, And usually within one session, they are able to clear it up. And the, I get calls back like two months later, we got engaged, we're getting married. Uh-huh. And, then, and then I realized, you know, everything God shares in terms of the forgiveness is true, because it takes them to that next place of love.
1: That's beautiful. And in those, so are you, so do they have to go through a forgiveness process versus just having this session? Like, what does that look like?
2: Uh, Well, definitely the the session and then they start doing the, you know, the prayers and the affirmations and having that personal relationship with God and continue on that uh, path of forgiveness and the path of love as well.
1: And are they able to do the forgiveness by themselves and then voila, you know, they're happily, you know, on their way to marriage? Well, everyone's able to do it on their own.
2: But when they call me, then I'm able to help them a little bit, take a big step forward and uh, with God's blessing. Yeah, but everyone can do it on their own, for sure.
1: Wow. Um, and then uh, have you noticed anything during COVID or post-COVID that has come up a lot in your sessions?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the fear of COVID really kind of kept everyone at home. And so that, that fear was, uh, you know, very challenging for most people. Uh, now during, you know, post-COVID and, you know, COVID is kind of wrapping up, so to speak. Um, I feel, you know, people are going back to church, people are, you know, meditating a lot more, people are looking for more spirituality, more spiritual understanding, going back to workshops, learning, talking, sharing about their experiences and how they feel now. And, uh, you know, it's a, we're in a much better place now,
1: for sure. Yeah, that fear. Ugh, the world yeah. loves to keep us in fear and anger. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good dose of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And are a lot of your clients, are they having more emotional challenges versus physical
2: well, you know, there's a, a lot of clients because they're stuck at home. That was a, a big challenge. But uh, uh, usually the clients that I get the majority of might say it's more, mostly spiritual and then emotional, and uh, every now and then more on the physical level. But there's always a combination of all the elements for
1: right. Right. Okay. And can you share some other? I mean, of course, I shared about my personal story with my son and how you had a profound impact um, in making him happy again. Are there other, mm-hmm. some you know, stories that you could share that with different clients that have had emotional challenges, either with themselves or their children?
2: With themselves or with their children?
1: Oh, okay. So same uh, situation.
2: A lot of the kids uh, these days, you know, they watch a lot of TV and they're very focused on, let's say, a lot of negative games. And so during COVID, all the kids have the headphones on in front of the TV, you know, occupying their time with that. And then after a while, you know, especially when you're playing all those negative games, that negativity becomes, it gets absorbed into you on a emotional, spiritual, physical level. And then the, the, a lot of parents are complaining about how their kids seem very distant. They're very, you know, easy to get uh, angry. They don't want to do anything else. They only want to, you know, play their games. And then And then I have to do that surrogate type of session to kind of clean them up. And then I also give them instructions I go, okay, it's okay to play a game, but let's, you know, minimize it maybe a half hour, an hour, you know, before dinner, a little bit before sleeping. And that way uh, the parents are spending a little bit more quality time with the kids rather than the kids being in front of the TV.
1: Right. So the kids are in front of the TV or the computer a lot. And a parent notices they're starting to get angry or irritable more. Is Mm -hmm. there something that the parent can do without having to, um, have you or a healer help them through
2: that? Yeah, the, the thing I always uh, recommend the most is having something positive to do as well as a family event that where they're engaging, they're talking, they're sharing, there's a, a level of communication and care between everyone which the kid will start to respond to go, wow, this is a lot better than playing the game.
1: Oh, so like, like a positive like,
2: TV, uh, meal together? Yeah, a meal together, maybe reading a book together, having you know a walk together. Uh, combination of of a bunch of different things but as long as they're all doing it together yeah
1: right so explain if you can in the terms if somehow a kid watching you know playing a game with the headphones on and then like how that actually affects them on all those different levels you were saying like like
2: so uh, let's say they have the uh, headphones on and now the visual of the game and sometimes it could be something very diabolical that's going on And then during that time in the subconscious mind, they keep on seeing this diabolical figure, diabolical figure, right? And then that natural immunity that I mentioned earlier starts to come down. So from a very strong protective layer now, it goes down to maybe 50%, 20%, depending upon how much time they're on the computer. And during that time, we all become vulnerable when that natural layer of immunity starts to drop
1: okay let's talk about that so a natural protective layer immunity is that an energetic protection
2: spiritual and energetic yeah from god
1: okay and then that so that gets kind of weaned down so to keep that strong is that like that prayer every day asking god to keep a strong layer of protection around us or what would that sound like Yeah, depending upon,
2: well, definitely it's good to teach the young kids to pray as well, to have that personal relationship with God. The other one is as a family going, you know, to church or to temple, praying together as well before bedtime. And then it helps to stay spiritually strong.
1: Okay, interesting. Gotcha. Um Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you talked a lot about forgiveness before and going there, like with children, you know, when they get hurt, um, I think I know for me personally but a lot of us parents you know w- you know they always say hurt people hurt people and we weren't taught um about like having compassion and forgiveness that much so we might not be the best teachers for our children to have you know you know sometimes like the parents will actually get mad at the other the child that hurt their child instead of teaching their you know the- and they become childlike instead of teaching their child to have compassion maybe to forgive the child that hurt them. Mm-hmm.
2: No, oh, no, definitely. So it's always twofold. It's always the healing of the parent, you know, or parents, as well as uh, the, giving the child the opportunity to heal as well. So if we're all in it together.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. What other uh, favorite client stories can you share with us?
2: Yeah, I've got quite a few over the years. Uh, I had one recently with uh, a Sufi Muslim, a young woman, maybe in her late 30s. And then during that uh, session, you know, she was asking for, you know, help. She was going through a lot of emotional stuff—a breakup with her husband. And then uh, I heard a message coming from my guardian angel saying, "You know, tell her that her teachers at the mosque—they they need a uh, help." And she's all, and she started getting very angry with me, like, "Oh no, they're very, you know, very spiritual and very gifted." I go, "I'm just sharing the message. Don't don't get mad. You know, I'm just delivering the message. Don't shoot the messenger." And then, uh, sure enough, uh, maybe within a couple of weeks after I had that session with her, she sent me a photo of her, uh, teacher, you know, they just came out of the mosque and, uh, and you could see something there like on his shoulder right behind him here. And then, uh, and know, I circled it. <laughs> what was it? A light? No, no, it was something that was bothering the teacher. And, oh. uh, yeah, one of those, uh, low, uh, how can I say, oh. uh, Oh, and, uh, a dark,
1: uh, a dark en- energy. Uh,
2: yeah, dark energy. Yeah, <laughs> very dark. And then uh, and then she realized, you know, what I shared with her during the session was true. And then she took it to her teacher and uh, her teacher confirmed that it's been there for a long time and uh, it's been bothering him, his wife, and uh, I'm sure a lot of other people as well.
1: And so yeah. she had a picture of it and showed you. Did she see it in the picture?
2: No, no.
1: Oh, so she was just showing you. I know a lot of times when you're doing a session for me or with me, um, you'll ask for a picture of somebody that we're, uh, family yeah. that we're working with. And so when you so in that picture, you could see um, different types of energies. But everyone could
2: see this, but she didn't notice it within the photo. It's kind of like you didn't really have to focus on that place. Oh,
1: wow. So, yeah. And so then did she begin working with the teacher? Uh,
2: she helped the teacher and then uh, by giving that message and sharing the photo you know and then uh, he called me maybe a few weeks after then i gave him a session as well
1: wow that's a so beautiful but, but then you said she's begun working with the teacher too
2: oh she's been attending that mosque for many years yeah
1: oh that is so beautiful beautiful um awesome so not to put you on the spot but i'm good at that um what has been the, who like in your life has been the biggest challenge to actually, to go through the forgiveness process?
2: Ooh, the biggest challenge. You know what? I, I get them probably every week. Literally, uh, there's always someone that just isn't ready, you know? Um, and that's okay because the, I don't know when that person's going to be ready, but the most no, important. No, but thing I'm is,
1: talking about you having to forgive. Oh, oh for me having to oh, forgive. Yeah. Mm.
2: yeah you know once I started I didn't have that challenge to be honest with you I wish I could say I did Um, I definitely spent a lot of time forgiving uh, my mom my dad uh, old relationships you know but the biggest one probably was forgiving myself yeah Mm. it was about uh, recognizing oh, I was even that even though I thought my intentions were as good and noble and pure uh, you know, reflecting on it later on when I started praying, they go, Oh, hold on. You know, I, I kind of made a couple mistakes along the way. <laughs>
1: and what age do you think you had that, uh, realization about yourself? Uh,
2: yeah, that was definitely, so I started my path about 23 years ago. So within a few years of starting in my spiritual path. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. So what would be your, uh, words of wisdom, advice for um, our friends watching and listening?
2: First and foremost, just take 10, 15 minutes just to pray every day. That's by far the most important thing everyone can do. And during that prayer, just be very honest, be very open with God, share with God what's going on. Like I mentioned earlier, your hardships, your, your desires, uh, uh, everything that you've been going through, what, what you want to achieve in your life. And then just listen to it. God will. And you're going to start to feel things. Your, God will start communicating. It could be an, an emotional feeling. It could be something you feel physically. It could be a, a quick vision it could be many different things all at once but you know and you could also kind of journal that to keep a little notebook And when you're done after 10 or 15 minutes write those little pieces of information down what you experience and you'll see in the course of a month two months that things will start changing and you're gonna start feeling much better you'll sleep better you'll have more peace more patience and uh but don't rush into it just be easy yeah take it easy yeah
1: Yeah. I've heard a lot about journaling and I know when I do it, sometimes like, I'm like, I don't know what to write about. And all of a sudden I'm like writing all the stuff. I like, I don't, you don't have to read it later because I don't even know what came through me. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that's probably the biggest
2: advice I can give to everyone. it's something that I do every day as well.
1: Beautiful. And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
2: Um, I have a website. They can look me up. My first name and last name.com as well as a, uh, I don't know how to get a hold of me my phone number, but okay. So the website
1: and that's S U R E E. No, can you spell the first last name? I want to ruin it. S
2: R E C K O B U T E R
1: I N dot com. Dot com, correct. Beautiful, and we'll have that in the show information listed. Um, And are you on any social media as of now? You know, I, I don't,
2: I'm a little reluctant sometimes to get on social media. I'm just not that big of a techie person, but going forward, I plan on doing a lot more.
1: <laughs> God yeah. will guide you if you're supposed to be there.
2: Yes, yes. Or, or give me the people to help, yeah.
1: Well, absolutely. Amen. Exactly. Um, yeah. Beautiful. It's been such an honor and pleasure having you here today. It was and a great blessing. Yeah. You and all of our friends out there, don't forget, you are amazing.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. I'm praying for you, Mara, and for
1: everyone. And
2: God bless you and your family.
1: Thank you. Thank you, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfinpowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.